Hello, everyone. It is another week of the Better Events Podcast, and we are excited to chat all about micro weddings with Gretchen Culver. We dig into this new type of wedding that you've probably heard about during the pandemic and why there is long-term sustainability in this type of option for weddings. Welcome to the Better Events Podcast. Join two event strategists, Logan Clements and Mary Davidson, who believe we can all create, host, and attend better events. In this podcast, you will learn about event strategy and actions that you can use today as an event host, planner, or manager. Hear directly from the people who are creating innovative and inspiring events today and tomorrow and grow your business along the way. Now, let's get started and thanks for listening to the Better Events Podcast. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of the Better Events Podcast. This is Mary Davidson, one of your co-hosts, and I am joined by Logan Clements, our other co-host. And today we have an exciting episode. We are going to be chatting all about micro weddings with our wonderful guest who Logan is going to introduce. So I'm going to pass it on over to Logan. Yeah, Mary, I keep joking. Maybe we need to have another uh, adjective we use to describe our episodes because I feel like we always say we're excited, but it's a good problem to have (laughs) that we get so excited about our content. But yes, I'm so thrilled. There's a different word. Thrilled to introduce our uh, guest for the, for today, uh, Gretchen Culver. She is the creative mind behind Minneapolis's go-to design and planning firm, Rocket Science Events. But her business prowess doesn't stop there. In 2020, she opened the doors to Mini Weddings, a brand that provides stylish and affordable micro weddings as a way to meet her clients' evolving demands for small but significant celebrations. Her knack for identifying client pain points and solving problems has propelled Mini Weddings to the top of her market. Her affinity with empowering female entrepreneurs, which we love, led her to launch Culver Creative, where she provides coaching and consulting services for creative professionals. She also serves as a sage coach for B-Sage Consulting with a special focus on small weddings as a sustainable revenue stream. And in addition, Gretchen co-founded the Small Wedding Society. Named one of the 30 under 40 to watch by special events, one of the BizBash 500 most influential event pros, and recognized as a top planner by Brides and Martha Stewart Weddings, Gretchen's award-winning work has been featured in magazines, online, and on television. Woo, Gretchen, yeah, welcome man. to the podcast. Thanks. That's <laughs> some intro. I appreciate it. <laughs> I'm so happy to be here. Yeah. Is there, is there anything else you'd want to add to that, that lovely introduction that you want to share with our listeners? I mean, what could I possibly add to that? Maybe I've got a couple of kids. I've got a husband. I got a dog. (laughs) I'm an animal lover. So always shout out to the, to the animals in the room. So (laughs) perfect. Well, Gretchen, we want to do, we kind of do like a quick little, why we asked you type thing just for our listeners to set some context. So um, as Logan said, we're thrilled to have you here and um for this episode, so many of our episodes aren't really like specifically wedding focused, but for this one, we thought it would be a wonderful topic and we want to dive deep into it for micro weddings. And not just because, um, you know, it's been something that's been super relevant lately. It's been something that uh, has been part of the COVID process as far as weddings and events. So we're excited to learn about that. Um, but additionally, I love the aspect of the rocket science events and also how you call your planners event scientists. I just have to call that out real quick. I love, I think it just like works perfectly together and I love that. So shout out to that. Excited to learn more about all of those good things. So, um, thank you again and we'll just get right into it. And we always like to start very basic just to kind of set the stage. So my first question for you is what is a micro wedding? A micro wedding the, the definition varies depending on who you talk to. I think 
it's such a new concept that publications and companies and event professionals are still working to kind of define what's a small wedding, an intimate wedding, a micro wedding, that sort of thing. But the definition that I think is becoming the most standard or accepted is that a micro wedding is a wedding of around 30-ish people and it's a much shorter time frame. So it's going to be condensed or distilled all the things of a traditional wedding into anywhere from a 90 minute to three hour experience. So for a micro wedding, small guest count, condensed timeline, those are, I think, the two big takeaways when you're thinking about what that means. I know the micro weddings was a, a, a trend that we, we talked about came out because of COVID, uh, but something that as an event pro gets me excited because I think it, it inspires couples to reconnect with like their why of why they're even having a wedding and having it as an option moving forward. But what are some of the benefits that you've seen in your experience for offering micro weddings, uh, especially in the year of the, you know, in light of the last year and a half, but also looking forward to the future? Yeah. So obviously the pandemic changed everything for us event pros. <laughs> I mean, everyone was affected. And uh, with my company, Rocket Science, you know, we do high production, larger guest count weddings, and those stopped. <laughs> but what I had been seeing with my Rocket Science clients is that there was a shift in the type of wedding they wanted to have. They were less interested in tra tradition. Their guest counts were shrinking. And they were more excited about creating a specific experience, like really doing something unique and personal that their guests would really, you know, be wowed by. And so even pre-pandemic, I was thinking, okay, how do you, like these smaller weddings seem to be a thing. Like, how do you, how do you do this and still remain a, a profitable, right? Because uh, for me as a planner, I charge a percentage. So if our guest count is shrinking, more often than not, the budget is shrinking as well. And so it's like, there's a lot of time and energy still ex put into these weddings, even though they're small. So anyway, that's kind of like in the back of my head. And then the pandemic hit. And so then I thought, okay, well, let's see if we can really make this small wedding thing work. And so I learned of a woman in um, Birmingham who was doing micro weddings. And she had been doing them for um, a few years, actually, pre-pandemic. And her unique take on it was to do multiple micro weddings in one day. So four to five couples come in and they get married and they're using the same venue, the same rentals, the same backdrop, you know, and they're having a, a, a mini wedding experience and then they're moving on with their day. So I was able to connect with her and learn from her and kind of take what she was finding to be successful in her market. And I was like, okay, well, I'm just going to give it a try. Like, what else do I have to lose? It's pandemic. Like, I don't have anything else going on. So that's, that's kind of where mini weddings uh, was born, was this idea to like make this multiple micro weddings on one day concept work in Minnesota. So mini M-I-N-N-E is a play on Minnesota. So we launched in April and then our first dates were in August and I was expecting a lot of couples to be interested in it as like a, like a COVID substitute, you know, like they couldn't have their big wedding, but then what was happening, it was all these people who were wanting a small wedding anyway, like we weren't going to get married, but now we are like, this is such a great idea. This is, I never wanted to invite my weird uncle Jerry. And so now I don't have to. And so they just kind of exploded. And I, I really quickly understood 
that it was a market of consumers that no one was speaking to. So no one was even addressing the small wedding uh, consumer. And they're different than my rocket science clients. They're completely different. Um, so it, it was like a light bulb moment. And I was like, okay, this is, this is not going to be just a trend. This is going to be here to stay because there, people are wanting this. And the pandemic has now made it an available option for them. You know, and so that's so exciting to me. I love the word exciting too. So I'm going to say exciting too. But yeah, so it's, I'm so excited about it and about where it's going and how it's evolving um, over the past, you know, couple of years. I love this because it's just like another example of, you know, obviously that our industry was hit really hard during the pandemic, but this is one of those things that is so cool that it um, began and then that you were able to kind of jump on board with it and then it's most likely going to be a thing of the future, right, as well. And so that is something good, right, that came out of it. And I think it's just really great that it's been a positive experience for you with micro weddings and excited to see what comes um, in the future for that. But so another question for you, um, you know, you hinted a bit on these, but just diving in a little bit deeper to it. What are some common misconceptions about micro weddings? Because I think we have, you know, an idea of what we think they are. And you kind of hinted at some of them um, because they can still be, you know, this like amazing wedding experience. It's not like necessarily going and like eloping, right? That's I feel like what a lot of people associate it with. So if you could speak more to that. Yeah, totally. I think a lot of people think uh, a small wedding or a micro wedding is cheap and like they have to be sacrificing something uh, and is kind of a just a budget option. I think that is definitely, especially at the beginning of the pandemic, I would say like that was a misconception or a stereotype of a, of a micro wedding, but um, that the opposite, I mean, that's not true at all. Like all of like the, the mini weddings that we do, like, you know, we're really focusing on having like a really killer ceremony backdrop and, you know, nice design and they get a digital invitation and they're getting, because the way that it's structured is we're doing multiple weddings on one day. So, you know, those couples basically are getting a wedding that they couldn't afford otherwise, right? So it's like, they're getting great world-class vendors that if they were to book them on their own, would charge more than their entire like wedding package that they're getting through us. And so like, they're not sacrificing anything. In fact, they're getting more from their, their package you know, and from their wedding experience and they would if they tried to do it on their own. And so I think that there's really like, now that Instagram, social media, the publications, you know, industry publications are showing more micro weddings. I think those kind of misconceptions are, are going away and people are attending them and they're realizing that, you know, you know what, like a 90 minute wedding is still pretty fun. You've got your ceremony, you've got some cake, you got some champagne. And then like, you're on with your day, right? So, you know, th there also is the, one of my favorite kind of unexpected consequences, maybe like not the right word, but like people are able to spend more time together with the people that they love. So family, friends, like the couple actually gets to sit down and chat and have like meaningful, deep conversations, or it's a way for the families to connect and bond where they wouldn't normally get to do that in a 200 person wedding because they're hosting and they're going here, they're everywhere. So the, the relationship and emotional and the connection piece of it was something that was unanticipated for me and has been 
probably one of my favorite things to hear couples say like, oh my gosh, it was so amazing to like be able to spend so much time with my grandma instead of just a hug and moving on. Like, you know, we get to sit down and talk or, you know, so I think that answers your question. <laughs> yeah. Well, I know that's something I got really excited about um, because of the pandemic, you know, this big disrupt disruption we had to how we were doing things that it kind of woke some people up to what really mattered or what they really mm -hmm. valued. And the number of I've more anecdotally from friends and uh, who've been having weddings and the stress of having to postpone and all that stuff was hard. But then, yeah, lots of those, that emotional connection and still that like emotional payoff that you get of, you know, getting married in friends of the, in front of those you care and love is still there when it's 20 people versus 200. And that's the thing I know I personally am hoping is like a trend that carries forward of, yes. you know, more people opting for that smaller option. But then if they are someone who cares about a big party, maybe you have that, but it's separate you know, and, and in a different form of, of, of what you want, want to see. But um, thinking now from an event professional, a wedding professional kind of mindset, like for those who are really focused on maintaining having a luxury or more high-end client clientele, how can you really, can you, I would say, and if you, if so, how can you have the best of both worlds uh, when planning for these larger events as well as these smaller scale events? Yeah, I think one of the hard things for people during the pandemic was just figuring out how to pivot and do it effectively. And for me, I found that I could not have this micro wedding brand the way that I have it and still have that be tied to my luxury brand because they're two entirely different clients. They're looking for two entirely different things. My micro wedding clients just want to get married and they want it to be easy. <laughs> they book online. They, I never talk to them. I meet them on their wedding day and everything is done for them. They have like six choices. You know, they got to pick their cake flavor and a, a couple of other things, but it's like an, it's like an automated process from my end, you know, sending out the emails and the forms and the information at the various stages of the planning process, but it's simple. It's easy. You know, people will book online at like 1230 at night. Like it's, I'll wake up and I'll have like a, a new client. It's crazy. And that is like, the opposite of my rocket science client who is involved in all of the decisions, right? Like they're the color palette, the flower choices, the flow that, I mean, down to what the, the forks, you know, so they're two totally different clients, but as long as you're able to show value to the client that you're talking to, you can still have those, those things, right? So I have a tiny micro wedding brand and I have a, a high production luxury brand and I, it's the same same me running it right but i'm i just know how to market and brand each of the companies to the people that i'm i'm talking to and i think everybody can have a small wedding segment of their business if they want to you know i think automation and um ease for the like uh consumer is 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 a benefit that has come out of the pandemic like they don't they reevaluated things. They don't want things to be hard, right? So like, how can we as event professionals make things even easier? Can we automate things for them? Can we automate things on our end so that even though it might look like we're sending emails, but it's really not us, you know? Um, but you know, that people aren't, they don't need in-person meetings anymore. You know, they've got Zoom. So like the way consumers are purchasing too has changed. So just also addressing, uh, addressing that and every event professional I think can can think about that. Yeah, definitely got my wheels turning over here. It's interesting. <laughs> so 
Um, I'm also curious. So with the structure of how it sounds like you've kind of set up the this partnership with with vendors who you probably had before. But can you talk a little bit about how that works? Because it sounds like you're all basically coming to a space. And so that's so that you can automate it because it's, I'm guessing the same vendors every time. Um, So anyway, can you just talk about that, how that was set up? Yeah, so I think one of the the most fun things of this whole journey has been like working with great event professionals and you know doing it on a regular basis and so um for each date that we launch um we curate the inv- the vendor team so photographer videographer florist any sort of rental company the venue the officiant the caterer the cake all of that we handle all of that it's one price to the customer like and we hold the contracts and so um we like to work with a lot of the same people because it's easy and it's also like it's fun that's true but we do like to kind of switch up the venues and sometimes the design elements of it just to make sure that like there's a good variety um but just also supporting event professionals in our community you know like the pandemic was so hard on everybody like being able to be like oh hey you can work. Like, you know what I mean? The venue is not sitting empty. Like we're booking it for the day. And so that, that has been really, um, a source of like joy. Um, and then, you know, as, as we're coming out of the pandemic and people are getting more, more busy, um, you know, some people still want to like continue to be a part of it. And some people are like, yeah, maybe like that's no longer a focus of ours anymore. And that's totally fine there's like people email us weekly to want to be a part of it. It's just a fun concept too. And like from the event planner side of it, it's so easy. Like the days are so short. Like (laughs) it's not like a normal wedding day. That's 18 hours, you know, or 20 hours. It's like, Oh, we're home at, we're home at eight. (laughs) You know, it's just, it's just not, not normal for what I'm, what I was used to pre pandemic. Yeah. It's, I love this idea of automation with the micro wedding process. Like, I just think it's brilliant, to be honest, because it's exhausting, like you're just saying. And so ugh, I'm here for it. Yeah. And that, that was the thing for me. It was like, OK, I can't spend a lot of time on this. Like it's got to for the price that the people are paying, like I can't be holding their hand through every step of the way. And so I was like, right. well, maybe people will want to do this and maybe they won't. But at least I'm going to try it and see. And turns out, yeah, it's great. Like people are willing to pay, book their wedding on the internet. And I, it's a different consumer too. We, although we have like a ton of different, like we have people who are second marriages, older, that sort of thing. But I would say the majority of our couples are younger, you know, first marriages. So they're, they live online anyway. So it's like, this is not a foreign way of doing things. And, you know, you can still have a micro wedding and not do like what we do where, you know, multiple in one day and lots of couples get married. Um, And I think like, you just have to be smart about like, okay, how much time are you putting into it? You know, just to make sure that you are being profitable as as a business owner and not just like doing something to, to do it because you see a need because, you know, time is money. So we talk about that so much. You've touched on a lot of themes that we talk about (laughs) a lot on this podcast about, you know, community over competition and how that's one of the cool parts of this micro weddings that you can, you know, pool other resources from the event community. Um, Same thing of time is money. We, we hear that very, (laughs) very frequently, but I think talking about profitability, like, do you have tips for event pros whose wheels are turning and ears have perked up at this idea for like maximizing their profitability? 
Yeah, well, the first thing I tell people is that, like, I was very fortunate to start my micro wedding company during the pandemic because my other company came to a halt. So it's very hard to own multiple businesses and to get one up and running if you've already got one going full steam. So, like, I think the first thing to consider is, is this something that you want to explore and that you actually have time to explore and then really do your due diligence is like, is this a, is, is this a good use of my time and resources to explore this path? And I would say for a lot of people, it is a, because they aren't going away. They are here to stay. And I think we're going to see these micro weddings morph into more substantial small celebrations, you know? So I think it is something that a lot of people can, um, benefit from and be, like enter into that market. And now is the right time to do it, you know, because nobody was really there, but make sure that, okay, I'm not going to be spending all of this time and investment in creating this. And it's not going to give me as much return as profit, you know? And so, you know, that's, that's really, really key. And as a small business owner, when your time is limited, you know, and your resources are limited, um, but, you know, I think that small weddings, like, like we're talking about with like this, the, the misconceptions, they're not, they're not inexpensive. Like, and there are people who are spending a lot of money on a small wedding, you know, because they want to create a totally different experience. So like, you know, I've been talking with, you know, some DJs and they're like, well, there's no dance. Like, how can I have, how can I you know, be a part of this experience. I'm like, well, there's always a ceremony. They always need amplification. You always need, you know, music walking down the aisle. And then also, you know, Mary, to your point was like, or maybe it was you, Logan, where it's like, you know, like have a big party later or whatever. Like you can use your small wedding business as a funnel to other things, you know, like maybe they will have a bigger party later, or they're going to think of you for a different event, you know, their corporate holiday party. So there's, um, there's, there's making money from your small wedding or your small event business, but also like, is it also a funnel for your other businesses? I was surprised at how many people actually started coming to rocket science that they said that they found me through mini weddings. So it could be a, a an interesting marketing tool as well. Yeah, I know. I, yeah, the, the, the whole idea of small celebrations, honestly, I think is such a good, value add because I have a couple of friends getting married in the in the coming like next two years and it is interesting like how I feel like there's a lot more intention behind it and we talk a lot about it just in events that they're at in weddings specifically I think there's a lot of like societal shoulds I should be doing this I should be doing that I should invite that crazy uncle or I should you know <laughs> that kind of stuff and so I think you're seeing more couples get away from that which I think is overall a good thing for everybody um, both vendors and the actual like couples and families so um I definitely hear you. And what I, I think a lot of folks, especially couples in a wedding scenario, aren't event folks. They don't understand how much time goes into the finished product, but doing something like that, where, you know, the, the cost of the setup and the breakdown is spread out amongst, you know, five weddings or four mm -hmm. weddings, however many you're doing in a day versus that one, it really does get you, you, you get more, more value um, for your price tag, which I think is, is so exciting. Um, I, I and, find that couples are like also not, they're, the pandemic made people prioritize their f money differently. You know, like they no longer actually wanted to invest in a big wedding. They're like, why am I spending tens of thousands of dollars on this? Like, I don't want this. Uh, the why, why am I getting married? Like you said, why, why are we doing this? 
we're doing this because, you know, X, Y, and Z in a small celebration can give them the platform to do that, you know, and like, they don't need all the other things. And I think that's also going to be a shift that we see is that like, people are just not going to be willing to invest what they used to in the shoulds or their traditions, you know, like they have, they have different values and different priorities. And that's, that's exciting for us as event professionals too, to be able to tap into that. Like, how do we, how are we the solution to your why, you know, like, how can we get you to where you need to be, you know, through music, through floral, through, you know, um, catering, food, lighting, you know, all of those things. So it's all, it's all, it's it's exciting time to be a a pro as long as you made it through the pandemic. (laughs) Well, and I think one of the cool parts is, you know, the fact that they get to work with you baked into that, that is one to my like never ending advice to friends getting married is always have an event, a day of person, at least, or like an event planner, a wedding planner that is like, my argument's always they're on your side, (laughs) you know, they're, they're advocating for you again, when you're not someone who works in events, you don't understand how much goes on behind the scenes yeah. to have a beautiful dinner and a DJ that plays the right music at the right time. And uh, I have a bunch of photographer friends who lament that they often have to wear a planner hat while they're the photographer at a wedding since they're yes. the only vendor that's with the couple all the time and has been to a wedding before and, mm-hmm. and all of that. So I think it's so great that you have it all as a, as a one-stop shop. Um, but just thinking about if, if this is someone listening and they're, they're wanting to make this maybe a new offering, how can they spread the word in a way that targets that ideal client that we're talking about, those folks that maybe are a little bit more attached to their why? Yeah, I think that that just becomes your marketing and branding message, right? Just like talking about celebrating small, which is why I couldn't have them. I couldn't have this small wedding branch under my large wedding business. It's two competing messages. The one is like, spend a lot of money. And the other one is just like, focus on the intimate, you know, (laughs) they're different messages. So, um, you know, I would say that you can, you know, people are now knowing what terms to Google. So like when the pandemic started, people did not know the term micro wedding and now they do. So like, you know, if, if, if you're really interested in investing and you've created a new website and you have zero organic SEO, do some Google ads target those keywords because people are searching them small wedding venues in your state, you know, uh, micro wedding packages, elopement packages, um, you know, and that's a great way to, and, or blog, blog about small weddings. Cause then Google's going to pick that up. And um, I actually have a, a wedding venue, a small wedding venue post on my rocket science page, which is an incredible <laughs> funnel for my, mini weddings brand. So, um, and, and then just like start really thinking about that consumer, right? Like, you know, you got to detach it from your current consumer most likely and really start putting yourself in their shoes. Like, what do they value? You know, and you can, you can just read stuff on Gen Z, which is going to be the most, most of these, these couples, right? So like environment, you know, like (laughs) they've got student loan debt. They're not, you know, so like Who's paying for the way? So you can just do some of that research too. And I think that'll be pretty, that'll get you going in the right, the right direction. I love it. I've loved learning more about this topic today. So thank you so much. And um, we would love to end with some rapid fire questions, but before we get to those, is there anything that you'd like to add that we didn't cover about micro weddings? No, no. I think that there's, there's so many 
like there's endless opportunities and like micro weddings are just one segment of the small wedding market too. So like you have elopements, adventure elopements, or like, you know, destination weddings. They, they've kind of been doing the micro wedding thing. Destination has been kind of a micro, you know, no one called it that, but that kind of is what it was before the pandemic. So that the, the small wedding umbrella has a lot of great offerings. And I hope that um, people listening get excited and can find can find a spot under that umbrella for them. Totally. Oh, love it. Okay. So some sentence finishers, we just like to throw these in for fun at the end. Um, so go ahead and fill in the blank. So if I had more hours in the day, I would uh, nap. Oh my gosh. I love it. <laughs> so speaking the truth. Okay. <laughs> my favorite productivity tool is. Oh, Dubsado. What is that? Dubsado is our workflow management. So like it's what people book on our website and then it sends automated emails and forms through the entire step of the process that collects payments. It's amazing. Dubsado was not a platform that was meant for um, booking small weddings online, but it is a productivity tool that like one of my lighting vendors uses it too. So it just really keeps you on track and keeps all of your clients and projects organized. But yeah, Dubsado is great. Oh, good to know. Okay. Last one, simple advice you can give to a small business owner. Have confidence in your abilities and be honest about what you can accomplish. There you it's go. a good reminder. I yeah. wish I was reading that off a plaque or something. That was pretty great. I, I know. You were like looking up when you said that. I was like, you got that written down up there? No, was, but I'm going great. to write it down. You should write it down. <laughs> <laughs> on a, on a handy it. post-it note to the right yeah. of your, your computer at all mm-hmm. times. I love it. Yeah. Um, well, thank you so much, Gretchen. This has been really fun. Um, we've loved uh, talking with you. I feel like we could go on again on for hours and hours and hours. But if folks want to continue this conversation, where can listeners find you? Yeah, the best place to talk about all sorts of business development stuff is um, culvercreative.com. Um, you can find me on Instagram at culvercreative, but there's nothing on there. So go to the website and that's actually where you can book a coaching call with me. Um, you know, So if you're interested in learning more about small weddings or other business development that that would be the place awesome well thank you Gretchen this was this was amazing and we look forward to potentially having you back again as we continue to talk about micro weddings great well thank you so much for having me it was really fun (laughs) yeah all right Mary I think that brings us to the end of the episode end of the episode which then of course means bonus tip time which Logan I think you have the bonus tip today All right. Yes, it is bonus tip time, Mary. And this one is something that I feel like I sometimes have to learn the hard way for it to actually stick. So I'm just going to pass along some some knowledge I've learned on the job is, especially when it comes to events, don't put off tasks that you could do today until like the event day. So example of this was I thought I could load some graphics that I needed and videos that I was going to load onto a computer that we would use at my in-person event. And in my head the night before, I was like, oh, I'll just do it in the morning. And then something that I kind of had forgotten was how many things just kind of come up in the moment, how many last minute speaker questions come in or things that you don't plan for that kind of eat up that time. And we started my event and I totally had wished that I'd taken some of those time to tick off some things I knew I needed to do on the event day. I should have done them really the night before. And luckily this was a multi-day event. So I got to apply that to my next day and like gift future me that extra bonus time um, by taking things off my plate that I need to do before the event goes live. So if 
You can apply this outside events, I guess. If there's anything you've been putting off that you know is just going to take a little bit of time today, just do it today and future you will thank you. And can I just add on this bonus tip, Logan? Because I love it. I think it's awesome. And the one thing I'll also say is like set expectations with your clients too, because I've, I've, I've worked with some clients and they're like, it's fine. We can wait. And I'm like, that's not the process that we want to start with. Like we need to get things done much sooner because there's always going to be this last minute stuff. So that's not how we're going to do it. So just set the expectations with clients too. So thanks so much, everyone, for tuning in again for another episode. Um, if you would like to follow us and you don't know where we are, you can find us on Instagram at Better Events Pod. Send us an email to at bettereventspod at gmail.com. And thanks so much for listening. And we will see you again on Wednesday. Wednesday.